everybody. I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. Today's guest is the Peace Dealer. I've been following him for a number of years and he is a change maker if ever I've seen one. He is a cosmic counsellor specialising in astropsychology and with over eight years of experience, the Peace Dealer has personally conducted several thousand consultations from individuals all around the world. Welcome the Peace Dealer. It is an absolute delight to have you on the show today and I can't wait to dive deep into all things astrology and human behaviour. Thanks for having me. Very honoured. We we just entered Leo season. So I think this is very appropriate. It is very appropriate. So let's start things off with self-imposed cages. One of the things I really adore about what you share is that you explain and encourage your audience to step into their full potential and expression. Why is that so important to you? Oh, I love that question. I realized that I think, you know, my whole life, which I guess we can say that for everybody, but definitely, you know, being challenged with stifled expression. I don't think I was ever like in a position where I didn't really feel like I wasn't able to truly express myself compared to people who may not really even like have the opportunity to just like, you know, do certain things we consider normal. But I I definitely like I'm sure many people can relate with didn't always feel like I could be who I truly was without having to hold back or without having to filter myself. And it could feel like, you know, your white noise in a room where you're kind of conditioned or influenced by society around you to be yourself, but not like that or, or not like the, any way that is out of, uh, you know, conformity. So, you know, a huge, a huge breakthrough for me was in creating this channel and, and having a platform where I could really express my 100% unadulterated thoughts and, and stuff I really believed in. And and I've been studying and, you know, just gaining this receptivity of people who are, you know, so touched and and influenced and, and helped by my insights. To me at the time, everyone who I would talk to about astrology or just certain things that I'd be into, I, I wouldn't be able to find friends who I'm into, like, you know, certain stuff that is a bit popular, but certain things that related to me at the core, I always felt like I wasn't really able to share without being seen as weird or without having to, you know, sit and listen to a lecture about why this philosophically isn't good or bad. And, and creating this platform was the first time in my life in like my mid twenties that I realized, wow, what I have to say is valued. Like it's not, I'm not just some, you know, I could be a little crazy, but I'm not just some weirdo that's just like making stuff up and, and there's at, you know, it actually is helping people. And that's what really kind of inspired me to just really, you know, push that I don't, not even just message, but that consciousness that, you know, you, you are here for a reason. You, you're, I like to think that, you know, people lead themselves into the situations there and for a reason. But I also noticed how, you know, 
especially when I started, it's easy to hear people apologize for sharing their ideas. Like, oh, I'm sorry I shared this or, you know, when they when they really are themselves. And I, I just wanted to be uh, a source and influence and platform where, you know, we just kind of promote that and 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 to just return the focus back to who we really are. And, and I'm so glad you asked that question because it's coming back full circle in that uh, a large um, challenge just dealing with society is, is society's obsession with image and how like, you know, people care more about what looks the part versus actually being the part. So I can like put on a suit and, and dress really well and people would choose me even though I'm lying to them, I'm basically manipulating them, but they'll overlook the person who, you know, doesn't look the part, but they have the substance that people are looking for. So it's always mind blowing. Yeah. Yes. And that, that connects to what I was listening to you say this morning on your channel, on your Instagram channel, and it fits Leo season, right? Because Leo season is, you know, typically it is about the showman side of you, but it's about using that with depth that's what I seem to have learned and what I'm learning from you as well is it's not about you know looking like shit it's not about you know not being your best self but it's being a real version of you in every aspect it's not putting on masks whether you're having to go to work and there is a dress code there there is a way to bring your expression into focus right there's you don't have to be a, a robot and and I, I really love what you were saying this morning about when you know as soon as you go home you put your pajamas on and you're in a completely different outfit and I don't know about you but I've worked in corporate environments where I've seen people in the corporate workplace and they look one way. But if you've ever had a casual day or you've seen them outside of that, you're like, who the hell is this? Like you wouldn't even pick that they even look like that or they are even like that at all. Like you're just like, what is going on? And I I would say that that is what you're relating to as well, right? No, absolutely. And I love that you said it like that too, because that's one of the biggest challenges in showing up authentically. I know when I started doing what I do, there was that voice in my head that's like, this isn't good enough or, you know, you you, you got to do it like this or do it like that. And my only, I always took that voice and then challenged it back. Like, okay, if this isn't, if this isn't good enough, I'm still going to show up as myself. You know what I mean? Like if this isn't, if, if I don't have as much followers or if I'm acting more goofy than I'm supposed to be, I'm still going to show up. Even if I don't feel like I'm worthy enough, you know, still going it to give the best that I can and that that's definitely been a huge breakthrough and just embracing yeah I mean even like you know all the um the paradigms especially for women you know we've been sort of taught to have to look a certain way you know all the beauty standards and all that have come through because people just want to make money it's not actually because it you know they actually think it looks good it's part of an agenda where it's a money-making machine right you know it's there is so much that's ingrained and you've got not just our own self stuff but we've got like genetic coding that's inbuilt that we have to sort of look a certain way. I'm letting all my gray hair grow out. And my mum is having full conniptions. Like every time I see her, she is like, can you please dye your hair back blonde? And I'm, I just say, no, nah. you know, this is like part of my rebellion. And also intuitively, this is just what I feel like I need to do right now. Maybe I will dye it back someday. But as it stands, that's not what I want. But, you know, I think not just women, men as well, we, we are carrying our ancestors programming that also has to be broken right i have chills when you said that because i think every generation goes through that but i think our span of generation is like the transition of all transitions where we're, we're taking in so much like traditional you know thoughts expectations gender roles since before the 50s and and we're the one who are like completely i love how you said rebelling because it's literally just being authentic to be to rebel now is to just be your authentic self which is just wow and I'm so glad you mentioned the whole notion of you know how this conditioning has affected women it affects men and women but it's interesting to see how you know women are starting to turn that tide and and overcome that like never before and another thing I wanted to mention is I'm so grateful for Leo as a vibration because before you know the, the only planet that I have progressed in the Leo 
CEO now is Mercury, which is like, you know, my personal main guy. And ever since like the last decade, while it was still going through cancer, I didn't realize until it broke through Leo a couple of years ago. But like, even if you caught me 10, 20 years ago, like I was shy, I was timid. I would never project my voice, even subtly. Like when I would go out, I would always kind of speak a little softer thinking I'm speaking loud enough. As soon as Mercury went into Leo, like I say hi to people outside now, like, hey, how are you doing? Like it's, it's I, I understand and respect so much how it charges courage. You know, it definitely brings this onus to desire to socialize and to really express all oneself. So I'm, I'm looking forward to subsequent, you know, as I get more into the Leo energy, I've been waiting for that. And it's really fun. Yeah, me too. I'll be waiting for it as well. Feels a lot forever. That's probably the most Leo statement ever is I'll be waiting for Leo season. You know, we just, we like it to be about us. So. <laughs> We just wait all year to come back to us. Yeah, you know, trying to patiently. I appreciate what you said when we spoke on the call. I wanted to wait until we recorded to speak more on that because I know I think a lot of it is you being a fire sign, especially Leo. But I think the reason why, like, you know, you specifically mentioned the water sign transits, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. These are the signs that end each part of the Zodiac. And I think as a collective, you know, these seasons force us to really feel our emotions and everything we've been suppressing and the type of society that we're in, which conditions us not, it's not really like, I don't think anyone's forcing us, but I don't think we're really encouraged to really sit with our emotions. We just have to wake up the next day, go move on, move on, move on. And so these water sign seasons come through like, oh, you, you forgot about me? You thought you could just, you know what I'm saying? And we just deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I've got, uh, I'm an aqua rising, so I don't really like to feel the feelings and I've had a lot of trauma in my past. So even more so, I don't really enjoy feeling the feelings. I like to just get on with it and, you know, being big, bold and, and being in that Leo energy is, is really helpful. But when we cycle into the water signs, it's so emotional and it's, you don't have much choice. There's no escape. I feel, I feel like I'm in an ocean, you know, like in the glass case of emotion, you know, when you you think of Anchorman, you know, when he's like crying in the phone, that's what it feels like every time. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've got some fire energy coming through because it, it just feels, it's just felt a little bit challenging. But you're, I mean, the mystical moon messages are transmissions from the divine. That's what you do. That's what you share. And even though your content is really relatable and very easy to digest, I feel like there is so much in each of those downloads that I need to listen to those like three at least three times to integrate properly and I just wondered from your perspective have other people commented about that and had that same experience as well absolutely and that's one thing that I that was one series that really helped me grow closer to my audience and and all you know everyone who who supports me like yourself you know before what I was doing was just the regular horoscopes like okay this week the sun is going to be through here and then I just had the idea you know everyone's kind of doing that let me focus more on the moon and then it's you know and which made it so much more intimate because it's just you know every other day we're coming through and instead of really framing it like an astrologer I'm starting to see myself more as a magician and you know magic and magician uh is so misunderstood I don't think you can talk to 10 people and at least three people will tell you the same thing like everyone's going to have their own misunderstanding or or understanding of it but I look at each one of those magic moon messages as a magic spell as you know really stating and bringing in the energy but I love that you asked that question question because there's so much I say in channel condensed there that it really is designed to listen to at least three to seven times. You're always going to gain more layers because Instagram has really allowed me only 15 minutes. So I have to get as much in as I can. Thankfully, I can do the extended, but I just really love that about that because it allows me to not only break down the transits relative to the moon and, and a lot more personally what, you know, the feeling is, but it allows me to teach astrology and to always kind of like 
you know, still break down the mechanics and the synthesis. So the way it's designed is you can listen to any of them like a time capsule and learn astrology just by, you know, binge watching as much as you can, gaining retrospect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm one of those people who binges because I, I really honor and respect what you do. So I, I make sure that I'm actually listening. I'm not distracting myself by doing something else. So I'm like, okay, concentrate. Just take this in because it is a spell. It feels like a spell. And I, I hadn't, until you just said that, I, I actually didn't know that that's the feeling that I was experiencing, but it is. The fact that you're, I mean, the only other person that I've seen channel like that is Esther Hicks. And that mm. that is someone that I, like, I've got goosebumps, right? That is someone that I hold in the highest, like, that's yeah. like the peak for me, right? So you're the closest to that that I've seen that can channel that in that way. Thank you so much. That's truth, right? That's truth talk. And that's why we're here. But that's why I like you so much but the fact that you are talking and sometimes like 45 minutes even an hour you know I've got your subscription so I can listen to the extended versions but the fact that you are able to channel like that so consistently and the content is so solid there's no you know you're not you're not just gas bagging you're not just talking shit you're you know it is like with intention and it is so powerful each and every time it's there's no one's better than the other they're all awesome and and you're right there is so much education in every single transmission and that's and that's why it is a transmission right it is oh it's just so amazing and that is why I wanted you to come on the show because you are incredible and the people in that I know and my audience who don't know you absolutely need to and I I, I appreciate you so much. I had chills too when you mentioned Esther and it's it's amazing because I, one thing that you just said right now that set off a light bulb is a, a lot of the, of course, the magic nature of the message is, you know, an intention sent with the message. So the information is stimulating your brain, but we all move forward with that intention just to to be more successful, to be more limitless. But what, what I realized is like the materialist reductionist nature of science you know, post the dark ages, which just made so much more, you know, Roman Catholicism had their mishap with magic and these crafts. And then the scientific community came through the enlightenment period. And that led to materialist reductionism. And it took the magic away from reminding us that everything is alive. You know, everything has a soul and we, we forget that we're on a living rock that has a consciousness like we do. We forget the planets in our solar system have consciousnesses. They all have souls. And, you know, this this just kind of helps remind each of us that we're going through these transits together with these energies. We're, it's it's interactive. Instead of just looking at them like a rock or a gas planet, it's alive, like you and I are alive. And it just adds so much more dimensions to the experience. Absolutely. And, and it is bizarre, isn't it bizarre that we are on a rock, you know, like we are living the way that we are. It is, I mean, it is just freaky. And it, my brain hurts thinking about what our future is going to look like because no one really knows. Everyone's got their own theories about it, but really we don't know and it feels uncomfortable. I don't know how you feel, but it does feel a bit uncomfortable not knowing. We, we can connect, definitely connect to the energy and, and that beautiful five and 60 consciousness, which is available to everybody if they want. But the physical, not knowing what the physical is going to look like is challenging. Do you find that challenging for yourself? Oh, yeah. I, I had chills when you asked that. Um, and I have a question for you after this. But it's it's such a good question you asked because that has also been the hugest lesson that reluctantly, like, like I've, le I've learned this lesson when I started, but I reluctantly never wanted to follow it until recently I just accepted that that's the way and then the when I first started this out like it was so hyper intellectual like I didn't even have trust in my intuition because it's like I have to you know make sure it's logical and I was just so obsessed with knowing and with figuring out information that I didn't realize you know 
I had to accept that I have to be okay with not knowing how certain things, you know, may play out relative to what I think they they may. And every, every single time I've surrendered, that's where the wisdom unfolds and like everything. And I'll still always trip back up and try and control things and try and like manipulate them. But when I realize that you know, it's the other way around. Like I'm the instrument co-creating with the universe. It, it now engenders why we all need to be one because each of us have our own puzzle piece of information and the universe will never let us try and figure it all out on our own as much as we may try. But the question that I wanted to ask you, which triggered when you said, you know, a lot of people don't know, I think the generation you're a part of, specifically like the decade you were born and maybe a little bit more and after, I think y'all are so important because, I mean, we're all important, right? But what you've witnessed in your lifetime is very legendary because I can hear about it being born in 1990 and I've seen elements of this, but I feel like y'all have seen the full range where you have like the Pluto Leos in the late 40s, 50s with these gender normative social constructs and just more integrity and pride to be authentic, to really like, you know, have integrity, not to say that they didn't have their sins, but it's just amazing to see that contrast opposite now to people who are so much more unhinged, so much more detached. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be the old head to be like, oh, people complain about stuff because there's so much stuff from the new generation we're learning as well. But like to see that contrast, what is it like? Like, I want to be careful with how I ask the question because I don't want to set it up to say that everything's gone worse, but because everything happens in cycles, right? But like, I can only imagine like what it's like to to really see that full range, the, the technology raise, but then, you know, so much stuff kind of like fluctuate, rise, fall, get better, get worse. Um, yeah, it's just it, a lot of respect for y'all who've, who've experienced. <laughs> well, I was, I was born in 76, not in the 40s, so we won't make me too old, but you're right. It is, I mean, there are so many components that are really exciting when it comes to the technology side of things, like being able to communicate like this is amazing. The fact that I can, you know, I can have this epic conversation with you, that that didn't exist when I was a kid. And, you know, we had, you know, I, I, like I, I was there when CDs came out for the first time. And I remember when my dad started his computer business and that was when Apple first released their first Mac you know, so I was there then. But some of the things that the things, the main things that bother me is not so much the technology side of things. It's the way people are relating that really bothers me. So when wow. I look at when I was in the early 20s and even in the teens, I would go out to a nightclub, try and picture this. I'd go out to a nightclub and you would have to talk to the people that were there because otherwise you'd have to wait until the next week before you get to see them again. There was no stalking on social media. You didn't know. And it was so funny because I watch people a lot, but it would get to 11 o'clock and you'd see the men in the room knowing they only had two hours yeah. to lock someone down. Hello before the club closed right and and you'd see they I'd say okay it's you know feeding time at the zoo you know and you'd see them you'd see a lot of action then they'd been they'd been waiting hours sussing who they wanted to approach out and then as time got closer bang you know it was like hunting season and it was so awesome but my niece who's 18 she will never know what that experience is like because that generation, your generation, you don't know what that is like because that is not how we're operating now. And the waiting for someone to call you on the phone and talking for hours and they had to call your house, you know, having that freedom to, to read and create and to play without having a device in your hand all the time and worrying and, and making sure you're sharing so people can see that insight. It that didn't exist then and it felt easier, a lot easier, I have to say. And my my heart feels sad because I'm in my 40s, I'm single and I, I am sad for those days. I, I go out, but people don't talk to each other. Like I've even yeah. seen, I've even seen uh, the young ones, like groups of 20-year-old men sitting together and at the same place, a group of gorgeous 
gorgeous, stunning, incredibly stunning 20-year-old females. And they they don't even speak in person because with the dating side of things, you've got apps where you can swipe. There's no risk, right? There's no, you're not putting, you don't have to put yourself out there. Back in the day, you did. Yeah, you know. No, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Yeah, and even, even worse, right, culturally in America, right, one of the things I love about American people and the, and the culture there is that if you're in a bar sitting by yourself, someone will come and speak to you. In Australia, and more so in some of the less fancy sort of cities in Australia, you could be sitting there all day and no one speaks to you except mm-hmm. for the, the waiter. You won't have people approach you. And, right. and your, your culture is completely different. That is not the case. If someone sees that you're attractive, they'll just approach you and they'll talk to you. Yep. However, yep. It, however it happens. I didn't and, know that in Australia, they don't do that. Okay. No, they what, don't. Even back then, or is it just a new No, thing? back then they did more, more so not as much definitely not as much but more so because um there was a time and a place for it so they knew okay if you're in a club you're with your girlfriends you don't there's no man around you you would know that you're single so that they would do that there but but generally if you're in a restaurant if you're walking down the street they wouldn't whereas in america you've got a completely different culture and different mindset about that and so all of those things that's what i've seen from beginning to end is you know, I have people asking me all the time, have you met someone? Are you seeing anyone? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be on the apps because that's. Yeah, I don't that- mind either. It's just it's just a waste of time. But I, I love everything you said. I want to touch on a few things because that was just such a joy to kind of relive too. And and that's why I specifically meant like once again, like I love so glad you mentioned 76, like kind of coming into the 80s and then also a bit before after the 60s. I feel that specific time period where you see that range. And I didn't realize how, well, first of all, before I say that, it's interesting too, because you have a lot of these women now who, one, they don't want to be approached because they can do it online. But then you have the few who are wondering why they're not getting approached. And men are are not as courageous as they did before because they're worrying about like, oh, do I have to worry about this? Outside of just like not being courageous enough just so much more logistics but I didn't realize how much I took for granted those period I think that being born in 1990 I was like right at the sweet spot right before because after high school entering college like that was 2008 2009 2010 were like the last few years kind of within that decade where you would go out it would be 2 a.m like People did have social media, but we weren't on it like we were now. And and exactly as you said, the, the club is about to close. And back then I was still a lot more timid, a lot more shy. You know what I mean? Like in retrospect, I'm so grateful I had that experience though. Even though a lot of it was filled with a lot of nerves, like what do I say? How do I do this? You know what I mean? Like it's something I'll never really experience again like them where now of course like you said like everyone's just on their phones like it's it's so much harder to really talk to people because a lot of people are just so much more closed off so much more detached versus back then you like you said you literally had to put yourself out there and what I love about that is you're seeing this in, in entertainment where you know, the TikTok algorithms that would blow people up overnight. A lot of the the, the degrading of music relative to your generation versus ours is a lot of the greatest music that we hear, people had to go out and pass CDs. People had to actually promote their music. Now you can try and do everything online and you have millions of followers, but only five people are showing up to your concert. So it's like forcing people to go back to the drawing board and actually socialize, network, connect. And, you know, I feel like if the internet crashed, it'd be the greatest thing that ever happened to us because we have to start from scratch again and, like, actually... Yeah, 100%. I mean, 
sometimes I pray for that. Even recently, like I, I literally hide my phone in the house because if I see it, I'm distracted by it. The energy pisses me off, but I'm in marketing. You know, that's my job. I'm in, I'm on socials all the time. So of course I'm having that kind of a reaction. I need that disconnect and I'm a, I'm a creative, I paint. So it is finding that balance and, and it is useful because you are able to connect with people, but you are so right. The people who are following you, like if you're not truly being authentic, your authentic self and you're just, you know, putting on a show, there are people following you because they're feeding on your energy, aren't they? They're not really engaging with you. They're actually just taking from you. And and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like the they're developing parasocial relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I feel like uh, another thing that we may overlook is given how much so much has changed, because if you think about it, we've had to process so much change in such a short amount of time. And I know personally for me, I definitely took a very extended hermit phase because I didn't really know how I wanted to express myself. So that would make socializing very stressful because it's like I'm fighting myself just to communicate with other people. And, you know, I needed that time inside to really rediscover who I am. And now that I have, I'm so much more ready to, to, you know, share myself again. Now I, now I, I, you know, I can have more authenticity, authenticity expressing myself. And I feel like, you know, it's something we've all gone through, but many people may not recognize that that's what it is. They might feel like something's wrong with them. They may not realize this is them awakening. This is them like redefining how they see themselves, which, you know, is just very interesting when you look at the psychology of social signs versus individual signs, knowing that you're you're born with the sun in Leo. It gave me a newfound respect for Leos, for Libras, because you guys stay outside. Like this is how you help others develop their voice and their courage through these challenges. So yeah, it's really yes. my I think it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you often share about letting go and connecting with your higher self to guide your true actions. Has that been your approach from the beginning? Absolutely. Although in the beginning, I didn't call it that and I didn't know that's what it was. So I, in the beginning, I just recklessly move forward in a direction. Like, I don't know exactly what this is, but I know I'm supposed to do this. And that's what just led me to just that's how I started reading astrology because this was like 2011, 2012 when I got my chart read and I was going to UTEP. So I spoke to hundreds of people on campus like, hey, what's your, when's your birthday? What's your sign? And, and just to read their chart live in person. And a lot of the men were not receptive at all. They're like, that's for the woman. So it's really women that I was talking to and they would think I'm hitting on them. And then three minutes later, I'm talking about their chart. Like, wow, that's accurate. And it's like, I was just completely obsessed. We were just figuring this out. But it was the more I was guided on this path, the biggest thing I had to learn was to get out my own way. And a lot of that, was even so recently it it was me accepting that the more trust I have in myself the more I allow this higher facet of my being to guide me and it always comes through and that just has required so much surrender and you know trying not to figure out or trying not to feel like I have to have all the knowledge Yeah. Yeah. And especially because you're, you're channeling as well. So how can you? Exactly. Yeah. It's like opening the fridge and you see the light on, but you're trying to see the the light turn off, but you you can if the fridge is closed. So exactly right. Yeah. And and that's, I guess that kind of surrender takes practice. I, I feel like that when I'm painting, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and for someone like myself, that feels incredibly challenging because, you know, I've got something in my mind about what I'd like it to look like, but that's not always how it happens. And sometimes just when I think everything's falling apart, it comes together. And I, I know you play music as well. You create some amazing sounds. Do you find that it's easier channeling when it comes to the music side of things or more so when you're speaking? Oh, I love that question. They've definitely been intertwined. So before I even ever went live on YouTube, I was performing in underground hip hop shows, maybe in front of two people, five people, if I'm lucky, 20, 40. And once again, you know what I mean? Like in the moment, 
it feels like you're struggling to like make it but bad now it's like oh my gosh like I'm so glad I had this experience like I had to really learn how to command stage presence really share my ideas in front of real people you know what I'm saying really really not every show is going to go the way you want it right but just really learning a lot of these you know having a lot of these experiences and I know having that background in writing lyrics and performing naturally helped me just perform live. Of course, going live on YouTube, now it kind of helped each other. Performing helped me perform live on YouTube. Performing live on YouTube has made it so now. If I ever perform music now, I'm way better. Like, I can't wait till the next time I, I do a stage show. Like, I would have no nerves. But as far as, like, the creative process, my best songs, um, my best lives have been purely channeled. Like, the songs will be written in less than five minutes. It literally feels like something wrote it through me, you know? And I, it, the words just come out like water. And I really do love that feeling that experience it's it's so aligned and I love your skits your skits are so amazing as well because you just take the absolute piss out of all of the zodiacs you're not biased towards Mm. any and it just I mean that humor is such a great way of relating but even that feels channeled as well you know the way that that you put that together so you can see how both the music side of things and what you're doing the transmissions and stuff that you're doing on YouTube how that relates and I, I love that so much my guides communicate to me often when I'm if I haven't been listening they usually start playing me a song in my head or I'll hear a song over and over usually the lyrics are a mess a specific message for me and I've got a guide even who is a who's a musician that has passed away and, and that I feel like that's such an incredible gift to have and when you lean into that spiritual part of you and when you you trust that what you are receiving no matter what you're doing whether it's um, no matter what creative activity or, or anything else, for example, you could be, you know, you could be gardening and, you, you know, you're expressing yourself in that way, but you are, most people don't even realize they are channeling and are connecting in that way. But I feel like the more, you know, the 3D muggles out there, the ones who are still so resistant, I wish that they spent a little bit more time cultivating that side of things. And I think slowly they are one by one, they're activating. You'll hear people saying, oh, I tried meditating the other day. And you're like, that's really good. You know, that feels like 700 billion years away from where I started. But at least that's something, you know, there's a a compassion and a kindness because, you know, that that journey from that that first point of trying those spiritual things to where we are in the now there's a lot that goes on between then and now there's mm-hmm. there's so many personal deaths there's like soul deaths ego deaths that happen within you to get to this point where we feel strong enough to say i've got gods that communicate to me i channel these transmissions and so forth don't you think and I, okay i love that you're asking that because everything you said about your guides was very beautiful because that was was another huge thing that blocked that uh I got in my own way when I first started I took too logical an approach like I've always believed in angels but I didn't believe people were really calling on angels like it was hard for me to understand in, in a real sense where I felt like it was just figurative you know what I mean like I didn't believe I still to this day believe that some people who draw angel cards they're not really calling on these angels but I didn't think that they were real. I didn't think it was real to be able to call them. I thought people were just making it up. And, you know, I felt like the process had to be a certain way. Like, if it's not this physical, then I'm not going to believe it. So everything that you said about your guys was was very amazing because it was a realization that I've been making more and more every day where a lot of things I thought were just my thoughts were my guys, you know, were, were me communicating with these angels. And realizing how we've always been in communication with them, we just may not be aware that that's what we're doing. And that's what I've been learning to embrace a lot more too. And that's even one of the reasons why I started this show, because I would find myself in conversation with incredible people. And the conversation was so epic that I was sad that no one else got to hear the the conversations, you know, and and it was because both of us, me and the other person, whether they were awake or or not, 
they were channeling, you know, and I'd know that. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that to them if they weren't ready. But for uh, close friends of mine and, and other people that I meet who are um, spiritual, they would know that both of us were channeling in that moment. And it was, I mean, it's just too good. And, and I guess that's what we're doing today as well. You know, our conversation is very free. It's not orchestrated in any way, shape or form. And I don't think that would have worked with the conversation with you, but it certainly wouldn't work for me either. I, I'm such a curious person. I want to know, I want to like get in the other person's brain and say, hey, how did you even get to that point? What is it? What led to that? And it excites me. You know, I think, you know, our world, if everyone was a little bit more curious and stopped and slowed down and actually connected in that way, and that comes back to our conversation earlier, we would be in a completely different world when, and, and hopefully that yeah. happens soon right and oh i love that you asked that because it's definitely happening uh in such a subtle way that i don't think people's foundation is crumbling so if you haven't built a foundation that's solid which you know everyone who has been guided to to live authentically which is what i love about you know this journey it's very impartial it's not like oh i this person's more spiritual I'm going to bless them more. It's all based on our actions and the work we've done to really not forsake ourselves. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of really tapping in, but I'm just really mind blown because I think like a large portion of how personally we're kind of reaching this state of revolution and and breaking through and is taking us back to ourselves, right? But to kind of circle back to how we started, that's another huge reason why I always like to promote or to inspire and, and encourage people to really just speak your raw, authentic voice. Because I truly do believe that there's nothing that we can't do the average individual who might feel like they have everything set against them and by returning to that original voice by returning to who you know you may have felt you're you're not allowed to be that's one thing that hurt my heart too it's like certain people feel like they're not allowed to be themselves and to just have that platform to where people can truly speak their true thoughts say things they can't say to other people i think that's the first step to just recognizing and, and awakening to the fact that you are the creator of your reality and even the way that you've explained that is so solid and and i agree 100% but even to add to that is even trusting that that you expressing yourself in that way and you you know whatever you're made up of and whatever your gifts are and everyone is unique obviously everyone has a unique template that that is enough that you don't need all the bells and whistles you don't need all the things that that is enough and that you're going to be accepted in that way and I think a lot of people don't trust that they will that's what's preventing them from doing that they don't feel safe that they're going to be accepted to express themselves and they don't feel safe to show themselves in their entirety and it, and it is challenging when our world is you know superficial as anything it can feel a bit challenging or a lot challenging to break those cycles right oh absolutely and and that's why i love that you said that everything is changing hopefully sooner i think the the nature of how this is once again, like for those of you who are, you've challenged yourself to where that's really what it comes down to. Everyone in the world has had the decision because it it made me rethink what awakening meant. I thought awakening meant you just activate superpowers and like you, you suddenly figure everything out. And I'm learning to accept it as a, a perpetual unlayering of that onion, right? Awakening to, to deeper facets of yourself. Yeah, there's that moment where you, you awaken deeper to who you are. But I realized that path of awakening is everyone is hit with the decision. Are you going to act as who you are or who other people want you to be, who you're not? And people make that decision, whether due to because of money, because of this excuse, because of image, I'm not, I'm going to be who I'm not versus the people who say, okay, whether I lose money, whether I lose this relationship, I'm still going to act authentically. And we make it, sometimes we make it into, you have to know this, you have to know this. And I learned, you don't have to know anything. You have to move into the direction that is most authentic to you because that is your path. This is what we're here for. And I've learned to just... I feel like, every, you know, people awakening to that more so is what's leading to, you know, the, which is another thing that was amazing to realize post-2020, a lot more people are awake 
than we may give credit for. They just may not be on social media, you know, sharing that, but a lot more people are, are hip to what's happening than it may seem. Okay, so that that I've got like three things I want to say about what you just said. So if, first of all, so this is this is where our countries are, are a bit different. America, coming from someone in Australia, the the what it seems like because they might be hidden and I don't know where they are, <laughs> but it feels like in Australia we don't have as many people spiritually leading the way. It feels very much it, like the people that I know in Australia who are like-minded, who are awake, we're following people in America. We, I don't feel like there are a lot of leaders here in Australia doing that. And um, that makes us sad. So mm-hmm. that that's the first one. I and I don't know if you know that, but that's actually what, it, that's the reality of what we're experiencing here. I, I would say that's similar to America here too, but it's nice to know that relative to what's occurred because I wouldn't know I would have thought it was a little bit different you know no it it feels like the desert here (laughs) so it can feel very isolating so that's why technology like this is is really helpful and social media too because I can listen to you you know even though I don't have that those resources necessarily in Australia there are there are lots of good people doing lots of good things and that's great but it's not the same it doesn't feel as epic it doesn't feel as strong and you're a larger country and maybe that's part of it so that, that that's something that I wanted to share with you. The other thing that you said about the spiritual awakening, I saw someone on Instagram the other day being asked, you know, when did you have your spiritual awakening? And she answered, I have my spiritual awakening every day. And it is so true. The start of it, I know for me, I know when it when that happened, but it does feel like it is happening every day. Every day feels like a completely different reset. You learn and something deeper about yourself. Totally, you do. Yeah. When you look at relationships and what, what you foresee for the future with relationships between the masculine and the feminines out there, what do you see? Oh my God, I love that. Personally, like the best thing I think to ever happen culturally are these gender wars because you're seeing for the first time ever in human history, men and women have an outlet to speak about things that they've been going through for ages. Like we've never had this before where, you know, podcasts of men can say all sorts of foul things about women and vice versa. Women about men, women about women, men about men. And this is just allowing all this to be out there so people can vent it. And the only thing that I dislike about that is the deception. It gives people the impression that this is what men think about women, right? When you when you see these red pill communities that are like, oh, you know, you know, women are this, women are that. And when you see these these other communities that are like, men are this, men are that, it gives you the impression that, okay, this is what majority of men think. But in reality, that couldn't be further from the truth. You have men that love women. You have women that love men. And I think these frictions are forcing people to come to that realization that what you're hearing on the internet, what you're seeing on TV is not really the way it is in real life. I know they're trying to make it seem like that and everyone has examples of that, but I think that the past two decades have allowed sincere individuals, because you you still have a lot of people getting together and, and falling in love, but I think that the narrative is starting to bring into account this deeper awakening that is changing forever through the new generation with technology, the way people are communicating. I think we've gone so far immersive into, you know, being reliant on apps that it's going to force people to go back the old fortune way, just kind of like a cycle or whatnot. And I think we're going to see so much more honest conversation. I think coming into 2025, especially we're going, in fact, now that the North node is in Aries and the South nodes in Libra, this next two years and after we're going to see a completely brand new, for better and for worse, method of dating, method of of connecting, and and especially with identity politics and people kind of you know coming out of the whole gender war. It's re- it's like how you said before, people are coming back to how to relate with each other because that's that's really what screwed up people. People really just stopped respecting how to relate with each other and a lot of compounded, you know, communication issues, I think will through the challenge, through going through the difficulty is going to be dealt with. And I think so many people who've had like 
for those who are sincere, because you have people who obviously have their ulterior motives, but for people who are sincere about being in love, being with the right people, thousands of these people have done so much work on themselves. And now I feel like, especially with these nodes, the work you've done on yourself is going to align you with friends and lovers and people who are more than perfect for you because you did the work. You know what I mean? And, and that I think is going to slowly but surely just reflect in our society and overcome these false narratives. And what I wanted to say real quick before, in, in light of how you do have certain people who are just not as awake or or just kind of leading that charge, I feel like it's it's a theory, right? And it's something that I would love your insight on too, because I've I've always been like half and I think this is me being a bit naive because I see the greatness in people but I, I've never wanted to accept that certain people are just asleep and have no soul and my theory is just like everyone is like a majority of people are in the closet they're just terrified about sharing their experiences because they don't want to be judged so you have a lot of people who want to but they don't take that step like us to put themselves out there but under the right settings you know what I mean they, they definitely open up and that'll be interesting to see more people come out the spiritual closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Okay, so my brain is hurting because I'm, there's so many things that I, I want to say back to you. So the first part is I agree. I think that there is a part in everybody that we would classify as asleep, let's say. That's a term, but I think they do know there is work to be done. I think there are people in relationships and in work situations and in all different experiences that they know that something has to change and their head is in the sand. There is a want for cognitive dissonance. Absolutely. They don't want to see the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to dismiss the truth. They just want to be told what to do and when. And I think those people uh, is part of the reason why everything feels so heavy and why it feels like everything is taking so long. I think those shifts for them, I agree with what you said earlier. It is subtle and it is slowly moving like I'm, I'm even hearing conversations with surprisingly people are saying random things like you know they're talking about aliens now and they're, they're just accepting that whereas if I had said that last year that aliens exist they would have thought I was a fucking lunatic you know but it's in the news so it's okay now you know those kinds of things and I, I think that that's hilarious to me and you hear people saying about crystals and you know slowly but surely you know they're, they're sort of starting to accept some things so I think you know I would classify them as asleep but they're not they do know they're not happy and they do know that they're fearful and they just don't know what step to take first and and they know or I actually believe they know that there is hard work to do and they just don't want to do it they know that it is going to be terrifying right and that's the way you worded it was so well said because that's really people's huge block and and it's easy for me to understand because I mean I've I've always I guess been weird or different you know what I mean so like certain things that the normal person would reasonably so like not want to put themselves out there and make a fool of themselves i'm actively wanting to make a fool of myself just to challenge myself just to just to get rid of the fear just to to dive into curiosity i don't want anything to get in the way of my pursuit of truth but you know that's the false presupposition a lot of people live under in that they feel like they can't really express themselves because they're going to be judged they feel like they're going to lose that job they're going to lose respect from you know their relationships their friends and that furthermore is the main message that i just want to remind people no matter what we've been deluded to believe there is absolutely nothing in this life that you cannot achieve through your own merit. You do not need a single thing outside of yourself. And we've been conditioned to believe the opposite. So, you know, this forces you to recognize who is in and what is in your life that does not allow you to express who you truly are. And most people don't want to give up the world. They want to give up their soul to gain the world. It's a huge bittersweet realization and only they can decide, you know, when it's their time to choose themselves. But until then, all we can do is lead by example. The image that I get is they're like cats on a curtain. You know, they're like two meters off the ground. They're just hanging on, you know, for dear, <laughs> for dear life. Yeah. But it's like just get down like it's safe here it's gonna be okay you're gonna be you're gonna survive just yeah. get down you know please 
fucking get down, <laughs> get down. I know, but your your message before about the fact that, you know, people are going to come together, the, the, the people who have done the work, it's like the most hopeful thing I've heard all week. The people who have done the work are going to find their people on a romantic level and even with friendships and from a work perspective. That feels really exciting to me. And and I know the audience that I have will find a lot of comfort in that statement because it feels, it can be easy just feeling a bit like you're the only one. And especially if, like you were mentioning, you know, you said that you've always sort of felt weird and sort of out there. I've felt like that too. And I think all of us who are leading the way have felt like that. But now, now even more so because there's so much contrast before it wasn't so noticeable it feels really extreme at the moment and so when you find someone that kind of gets you or thinks you know along you know similar lines and and has similar philosophies and values then you kind of just want to hold on to them and not let them run away <laughs> not let them run away in I think the past few years like ever since I turned 30 was I didn't realize first of all I didn't realize you know a major part of me being single was just pushing it away like I just didn't want to socialize I didn't necessarily but then I didn't realize like what I was afraid to do was to value my myself to draw those boundaries and be square on what I wouldn't accept because the bittersweet realization was if I really was 100% you know it's true to that I felt there would be no one left to like it, it's almost like I'd be asking for too much for somebody to you know I'd not abide by my demands but to just and then I realized that's the biggest blessing rejection is spirit's protection and the lies, especially when you take into account the conditioning of women who are told you have until this time to find love or it's over for you, lies, complete lies. It really helped me re release all that and realize at the perfect time, you will mentor this relationship. And, and all you have to do is just know. Law of assumption is really just help me accept the power that we hold. Like you just have to live in that state and know and, and really understand there's nothing you have to do because you're already perfect the way you are. And this alignment just allows miracles to happen. And that's been the greatest comfort in knowing that you can never be too late to find love. You can never be too late to be with that right person. Everything is going to happen the way you have created it. And it just makes me honor the parts of ourselves we can't see that are already guiding us and know what we're feeling and going through. And it's just so awesome. So it awesome. is so awesome. And you don't know what's around the corner. You don't, and you don't know what's coming. But again, that's part of the fun of working and co-creating with the universe, right? And with the guides and your higher self is just trusting that you already mapped this out anyway. And the more you just go along the path willingly, the faster all of those things are going to come to fruition, but also just trusting in the timing. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's the other person as well, just knowing that it will happen as it's supposed to and not reflecting on on time. And time is just a, an illusion, right? It's just a, a construct. Everyone feels like, oh, no, I've wasted so much time today. And it's like, well, that's okay because you've got tomorrow anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And if you don't, you don't. What's the difference? But it's, it's that pressure that we put ourselves on. And I think social media really pushes our buttons in attaching to time, don't you think? Like even though it's like the biggest time drain, being on there is wasting so much time when you could be doing so many other things like being in nature or creating or whatever whatever but it's making you feel because you're seeing everyone else and some people even doing similar things to you it starts to feel like you've wasted so much time when you see people ahead of you which no one is right amen it feels yeah it feels like you've wasted time because you're spending time thinking about all the things you could have done in that relationship or in this circumstance or on that day or last week you know and and I, I feel like there's a discipline that needs to come in the way that we're looking at that side of things do you find that as well oh absolutely i use the internet as it is my number one greatest procrastination tool like i deliberately just use it to waste time and just to kind of like every time i know i have something to do just to blank my mind out distract myself that's been my go-to i've even isolated like i'm just going on apps i don't even need to go on it's just a reflex at this point so now i'm able to i've kind of finished that phase and now i'm coming back to like going towards everything i procrastinate on asking myself what was i running away from obviously the success that comes with it and it's just it, it, i love how you said that because it, it it really is an illusion where 
we feel like, and, and that's the biggest thing that I think has impacted everyone, but specifically the, these young people now feel like, and I mean, we've all as kids, but I think these people more now with social media feel like they're supposed to be super mega successful before 30. And because they don't have this, because they don't have that self-esteem just completely shot, not realizing, no, <laughs> you gotta take your time with this life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Definitely. And ever ever since I personally stopped feeling like I had to rush and put myself on a time limit, I, I now enjoying the journey. If you told me that 10 years ago, I would have rolled my eyes. I would have been like, take me to the destination. But you have to enjoy the journey. I don't care about that. Take me to the destination. Now I'm like, okay, this is what's up. I can like really chill, let God take the driver's seat. If I have to drive, I can. And it, it's fun now. I'm enjoying it. Like it's something just beginning. Yeah. yeah. And and again, he's like Esther. Like my, she often talks about just get in the canoe and just go down the river and just let your high self take you where you're supposed to be. It's not, you, you can't control that. And you can't even control the speed. Sometimes it's a bit faster. Sometimes it's slower, but you'll just be in observe mode and just be with your intuitive action. And when you're working from intuitive action, that's where your success comes. That's where you yield those opportunities. And you might even just be planting seeds in those moments, but that they will eventually bloom. You will get the fruits of all the things that you're doing, but it might be, I mean, look at Dolores Cannon, for example, you know, her work was people are only just getting into her now, you know, that, that was from the seventies. That wasn't even, that's not even like a recent thing. People are, are obsessing over her work and the things that she was sharing and saying, I mean, she went, you you know quite a few centuries of having no acknowledgement whatsoever and now she's blown up and nicola tesla i'm so i have chills with you saying that because that was another huge huge like acceptance where it's like from the, from the start and gecko i never did this for fame or for to be notarized right but i fully accepted the whole concept where it's like yeah like we may never get recognized for what we do but i feel so strongly that a lot of what we're doing is for the new generation, for people who aren't even born yet or are about to be born, who are going to look at what we do like, you guys existed? Wow. This is what you guys are doing. So that definitely keeps me going. And especially the current support, that was the most humbling part about this because experiencing that really squared home that you know, the 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 random person who I've never met messaging me how my magic blue message really touched our lives is worth more any money you can pay me. There's no amount of money you can pay. And and you know, that used to be a cliche statement to me, but it's really felt and it definitely helps me feel content. I've learned to embrace quality over quantity and to just really take my time. With and you never know how your interactions will help someone or change someone, whether it's a smile, whether it's a comment, whether it's a like, whether it's some sort of acknowledgement, engagement, replying to someone's email. I mean, when when I reached out to you, I truly thought, look, I've got nothing to lose. You know, he might say no, he might not. But you agreed straight away. You booked in straight away. And I told you, I've shared this with you already, but I screamed the house down because I... To me, that was massive. You know, the fact that you were actually willing to engage with me in that way. And you you didn't know that, that that was what was happening on this end. But it is, you know, just even that. But the what I love about you saying about the, you know, the work that we're doing is not for us. It's for, you know, the people who are going to live beyond us. The kids who are born post-2020, I actually feel like, and I've got the goosebumps, I feel like they know that we are the ones because when I interact, I don't know if you've interacted with any that are, are you know, super little like that, but I have, they see you, they see you from the get go. They, they have this, there is something otherworldly about these kids that even the ones who are four or five, it's not the same. They're, they're, they are operating on a completely different model and it is mind blowing. Whole body chills by the way. This is yeah. this, even, even when you said the way they look, like the way they talk, too it's like they're all born at a god level i spoke to and i'm so glad you referenced those born after 2020 i haven't had the privilege of like really interacting with one yet but i spoke to my friend's son i don't think he's i think he's like 10 i don't even think he's older than 10 and young scorpio king just 
he's talking to me about stuff that I'm teaching people in their 30s, 40s about spirituality. He's talking to me about it casually. Hey, I want to ask you a few questions. No, I'm going to tell you a few things. Just like, okay, I see. Like, they're, they're in their energy. They know what's up. And I'm just so honored to be able to serve and and, and just lead by example, too. Because I am I feel like they're going to innovate science. They're going to bring a lot of this to life. And I'm very excited. And you, What you said was so perfect. Like, they know. And they're able to really like lock on and see through what's really happening at such a young age, which is just wow. They do. And and they they want to spend time with you because they know that you're switched on and that you're seeing things in a really unique way. But they what I love about them is how much they encourage play. And that play part is so critical to being tapped in spiritually. That's where it is. That's where the juice is, right? Yeah. And in fact, I love that you said that during Leo season now as a Leo yourself, that's definitely something I've been, I think me having like the Capricorn heavy energy, I'm not going to blame it on a sign, but I, the way I am, and I I realize my mom is kind of like this too, um, where she just, to this day, she gets up early, goes to her pediatric practice, comes home late. But like, personally, I won't let myself go on vacations. I won't let myself have fun until I reach this unattainable peak of success. And then I can go out. And my really good friend is like, you shouldn't do that. Like, you should probably have fun and, and see she said when she started having fun, stuff started opening up so much for her. And it's just that whole concept of just, because like personally with me, I, I joke with myself all day. I do have that whole philosophy of like just keeping it chill. But one thing I want to challenge myself more to do is actively just, you know, go on a vacation, really just stimulate and have fun again. Even the way I started my channel was just doing the craziest skits that I can think of. And I want to go back to that because that was when I was having the most fun, just being as crazy as possible. I put out some of my best material. So. <laughs> and it is, and it's so amusing. And it, and it break, it's sort of like the balance between the light and the, the dark, right? Because not that you, any of your work is dark, but some of those transmissions are a lot to take. So they feel a little bit heavier. They're powerful and they're divine, but they're a little bit heavier. But those skits are like full in the light, you know, they're like extreme that's like all the floodlights on you know you just you're just playing in it and you're still teaching anyway while you're doing that so you should I find a lot of amusement and laughing is a direct connection to source anyway so you're encouraging people to tap in maybe you didn't even realize you're activating people like that yeah that was another thing once again and that's that's why I feel like and I didn't know at the period at some point when I had started I didn't even know what success looked like so I didn't know that I could do what I'm doing full-time Time, I didn't really know what to expect, but I can easily say, like, I think the main, the greatest thing I manifested with this is you, you all, everyone who supported me, because I really didn't know I had an effect on people like that. I didn't think that, like, what I had to say was that important, especially when everyone around you is like, you know, acting like, oh, you're weird or, or this isn't true or this, this doesn't mean anything. So just kind of seeing that effect, seeing that impact, it was both humbling and once again worth more than money can buy because it's just why it just gives you that necessary perspective and the feedback is very amazing because I think some people always that's one thing I always hear a lot like I'm sure you get this a lot or I'm sure you already know this but no I don't know until you let me know that that's what you felt and it always makes my day Every single time. That is so awesome. Look, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. There would be endless conversation. I for sure it would, but I'll leave you be. But in the meantime, how can my audience connect with you? How can they find you? Well, I am on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter at the Peace Dealer. My email is thepeacedealer at gmail.com. And you can get a consultation or a recorded report. And I also have a team, clearsightconsulting.net. We are just launching a paper call program. So for people who want to call in our line, and if you, instead of a consultation, you want to talk per minute, we've just recently launched that. So we're going to be moving forward with that. And the whole goal really is to just, you know, basically what we were saying, build community, really make these meetups, meet up in person and just network and just share the love and, and inspiration. It's so yeah. good. I'm so excited for you. And, you know, I think the world of 
of you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I have adored this conversation. I'll, I'll be having this conversation on repeat. I'll be playing it back because it's just too good. And I'm sure my audience will feel like that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm most definitely uh, going to invite you on my channel. So I would love that. That would be so cool. Thank you.